but our producer knows to edit all this out. And as soon as I say three, two, one, Amanda and I will do a little intro um, and then we'll get right into the discussion. Sounds good. Sounds good. Okay. Um, Amanda, I guess I'll, I'll start because I haven't started one um, yet. And uh, I'll just kind of go on the whole, uh, just checking in on everyone. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one. Welcome, welcome. Another, Hello, everyone. Uh, another episode <laughs> for you guys. We are really excited to have Dr. Angela on today. I'm just actually going to get right into it. I was going to do a whole spiel. Man and I do a spiel. But <laughs> we think that uh, today's topic, I, I think we'll, we'll hit a lot of different areas um, that's right right in the mix of, of everything that we've been dealing with. But we hope you guys are, are doing well. Um, you know, we are, as we're getting further and further into this school year with spring break either before, you know, in front of us or behind us, um, I know a lot of you guys are trying to get those IEP meetings. Those I know Amanda and I are being run run ragged uh, with annual IEPs, um, mm-hmm. even even if it's via video still, which we appreciate. Um, we don't have to drive around, um, but um, but yeah, we we kind of wanted to talk about you know what public schooling looks like with the with the homeschooling mind framework and that's why we have dr angela on dr angela thank you so much for coming on to our podcast thank you i appreciate you both vicky and amanda for having me on here and i'm excited to talk about the topic and so if you don't mind just kind of giving our listeners just a little bit of your background, we always kind of like to start with that. Um, and then if you kind of go into, you know, what you're doing now and how you got there. Okay, great. Yeah. So I am a former professor. So I left academia so I can start my, um, so I could start my life and business development coaching and consulting. Oh, okay. And one of the things that um, encompasses that is working with parents. Um, mm-hmm. So I have two courses that I offer for parents, part of the um, personal development coaching side. So I have two sides. So the personal development coaching side is where I work, work with individuals, but I also have the business development side. And that side is where I work with nonprofits, educational mm-hmm. organizations, and also business um, organizations and, and, and helping them with um, inclusion mm-hmm. and diversity and equity. Mm-hmm. So um, the classes that I just finished um, was Success for Our Sons. And I also have a, a program called Leaning into Dyslexia. So mm-hmm. both of those programs focus on parents mm-hmm. that are trying to navigate the public school system. Now, my homeschooling mind comes from being a homeschooling parent to there three boys. Oh. So they were homeschooled at first and then went into public school. So my my framework is actually taking those ideas that I learned as a professor mm-hmm. and a homeschooling mind, mm-hmm. developing a framework that parents mm-hmm. can actually use as their children are in public school. So it's homeschooling, it's public schooling with a homeschooling mind. So I've added that part to my framework because I had so many parents going, well, I can't homeschool. And and what I wanted parents to understand is, I understand that you can't physically homeschool. So my framework touches on the fact that you can take some of those, um, some of those same concepts that, that, 
I always consider myself a homeschooler. Once a homeschooler, always a homeschooler, <laughs> no matter where your children are. But that you can you can take some of those strategies that we use in the homeschool community and apply it to um, servicing your children um, in public school. And it specifically is very pertinent for the two groups I work with, mm -hmm. which are black boys mm -hmm. in the school system and also children with dyslexia. Mm -hmm. And I have three black boys and I have a child with dyslexia. So I don't like to coach and teach people things that I don't do and I haven't experienced. I, I, me personally, I just, I just like to pour into people what I know. You've been there. You've you've walked in their shoes, and I think that's that's so important. And I think this is a great kind of concept to have for parents because you're right. I mean, so many parents, I think, wish that they had kind of a different system for their child, but they they have to be at work, so they can't homeschool. Um, right. But I think too often parents think, well, the school's got it. It's the school's responsibility. Right and all of that but ultimately they are our children right and mm -hmm. and if we're keeping that separation so much of that's their responsibility this is my responsibility and schools are guilty of this as well right mm -hmm. they say right. oh well these life skills the, the the social emotional learning all of that is the home you guys deal with that we deal with this and mm -hmm. i think a lot about okay schools you need to understand that everything that's happening at home it does impact school but i think from the other side the flip side of that parents need to understand that there is that connection we need to have that connection so i, I think this is a, a kind of a great concept for for parents to learn yeah and um i i had just been hooked i'm an educational advocate as well so um as I was going along and, I, and as I was learning um, how to navigate the public school system, I had to help parents. I had to pull parents along because there were so many parents, again, that didn't have access to my background. Mm -hmm. I tell people all the time, I cheated a little bit. I was <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. When my kids were young, I had access to thousands and thousands of students. Right. And being the political scientist I am, yeah. um, <laughs> I research, you know, mm -hmm. I literally asked ask the students, what made you succeed? What made you succeed? What, what were some of the things that you learned? Or, you know, what was passed on to you? And then I also asked the students that were struggling, you know, what the issue was. So it, it's very, it was very eye-opening. So I always took that with me and I always let them know, like, this is for me personally. Mm -hmm. And then as, as I went along in almost eight years I, that I was teaching in academia full time, I, I said, hey, I have a lot of information here that people yep. just, professors are not walking around <laughs> just asking right. those questions. But I was raising kids at the same time that I was doing the whole tenure track thing. So I was trying to figure it out and I'm, and I'm going, well, why should I start from scratch? I can ask these students. And so they were very helpful. And um, what happened was the number one question uh, answer I went from full-time and then I went to um, adjunct because I went in and out but I, I taught at a community college I taught at um, a historically black college so I, I taught different students mm -hmm. but the number one answer as far as success in college settings was the family yep 
Mm-hmm. But like literally, you know how you have to coach people. Well, you know, was it this? Did you get it from here? Did you get it from here? No, they, it was, you know, family, like my family. And, and it was the same answer. It was like my family passed on these traits or right. my family told me this. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying to myself, as my kids, as I'm moving from homeschool and my kids are in public school, especially going to the IEP meetings, and I'm going, this, it, it doesn't mix as far as what my students were telling me, the successful ones, um, and it wasn't, it wasn't a connection mm-hmm. with, with public school, mm-hmm. and as I dug deeper and became an educational advocate, um, it was just a lot of struggling, and, and it was, it, it was these two groups, yep. you know, it was these, these groups that were showing into meetings for IEP. And it was also the parents showing up to meetings dealing with suspension, the yep. overrepresentation of suspension of black boys. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. these two groups, I'm meeting them. Right. Even though the things are totally different, it was the same because they didn't know what they, you know, they didn't right. know what to do. And one of the most important aspects of my framework is that whole, like you were saying, Amanda, that whole school family framework mm-hmm. like the home and the school it has to it has to match but oftentimes and I couldn't understand it and, it and it's been very humbling I'm glad we're talking now um I know we had a mix-up in the last schedule I, I thought I was supposed to be somewhere else so then, but it, was, <laughs> it was by it was actually by God's design that we're meeting now because I just finished my success for our sons class I just did the six-week program so I now mm-hmm. I can tell you how humble yeah <laughs> I think you would have gotten a different right 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 to kind of tell me it it was amazing I started the program the program was actually supposed to be a four-day master class oh okay because my my framework is a four-step framework so okay. I'm saying to myself I'll just get these parents you know each day I'll give them something. And after the fourth day, I was really humbled. They said, I could not do anything that you said. It was too much information. Too, yeah. Like me, yeah. I thought everyone knew it. Right. Or I Same. thought it was going to be easy. Right. Just, right. Home, just do this. Yeah. It's easy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I thought. They yeah. told me. I mean, it was. I was like, well. As my dog is, in, I'm so glad we're not. Oh no, you're totally fine. Dana. I think he's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> and I, Vicky and Amanda, I was so humble. I was, and as a as a coach, you need to be because if you if you go into the circle, the people, and I'm sure you guys see this too, the people that you're trying to help, and you already come in thinking that they know this there's a part there's a part where there's a bias there because absolutely yeah subconsciously you're saying this is easy why didn't they do it right right or or just when in the course of like a man and i speaking to our clients you know, we, we will say acronyms, right? You know, and it's just like, wait, what's IEP, you know, and like AAC yeah. and this and that. And like, people are just like, PT, OT, what? You know, and you have to stop and you have to say, you know, I'm, I'm six steps ahead. Sorry. You know, because. Yeah. And I think that goes for so many areas of life, including like the IEP team and the parents, both are speaking in something that they deal with on a daily basis. 
but the other, you know, mm-hmm. we often say that we end up being translators, even for our English speakers, because the language, the, not just the acronyms, but just the, the language that we use and our understanding or definition of certain words can go so many different directions and always uh, assumptions are happening mm-hmm. too that I think we do need to learn um, you know, to be slowing down and mm-hmm. I think explaining more because that's where the communication breakdown happens in most relationships, but certainly in the school to home relationship. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and the result of that was, it's just a better program. You know, yeah. I told them, I'm like, you're going to be my guinea pigs. And I had no <laughs> idea that I had to actually change the success for our sons for day masterclass into a six-week course. Six-week course, yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I ended up yeah. Six, on the spot. They asked for it. So I had to say, okay, well. You're like, sure, yeah. That's, sure, that's part of, yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah, so yeah. After, after I saw what they didn't do, which was not one assignment was completed, that was more on me because they were overwhelmed. Mm. And so my six-week course now allows parents to actually get the information from me and then there's this two weeks of implementation that I work with the parents and this was nice. incredible the the best thing that happened in, in doing that and I and, and I had a couple you know all parents were like I'm not paying that amount because you also want to monetize it as well so it's not free but I did have two students two parents come from the four-day class and what happened these two parents their their son um they were both um, um, not going to be, they, they were going to be left behind. Okay. So it, it wasn't more so the IEP. It was the same issues. It was the not understanding how to navigate, not understanding how to catch your child yep. from falling through the cracks. And I must say, they both, they both are going on to the next grade. Oh, excellent. So it, it was just amazing. It was such an eye-opening experience. So now I'm taking that framework I know that it works because I've already had the class. I've had the feedback. I did the little pivots. I, I think it would be helpful. I know it will be helpful in the school system. So at this point, I'm taking that aspect of the success for our sons and the leaning into dyslexia and the feedback that I got and, and, and now pivoting towards educational organizations. I've already had a nonprofit that I've worked with and, and identifying, um, you know, underrepresented groups as far as, um, access to quality education so that's where i am now. and you know i think the pandemic really threw a lot of parents into feeling like they were homeschooling right um within right. the public realm but it really wasn't and and i think that that was eye-opening for a lot of our clients in seeing how their children learn or do not learn mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, having that framework and the resources, because, I mean, Amanda and I really thought, like, and I'm sure you could listen back, you know, we're like, this is, you know, this is going to be a reset, you know, we're, we're going to, we're going to go back, right, it's going to be a reset, we're going to do this, it's not going to be the 1950s reading, writing, and arithmetic, like, we're going to, a huge pivot, and it's just like, we're year three, and we're seeing the same thing and it's almost even worse it's um this this school year by far so i can't even imagine yeah some of the stuff that you've you've dealt with 
um, in these last couple couple of years um, in terms of you know how how to implement it. Um, I I love the title leaning into dyslexia. Uh, how did you, why was that important? I know that you had said you, one of your sons, um, so you had experience, um, but I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about that. Um, how, how, how did you set that up? That is such an interesting, um, question because, um, um, I just had, his name is Lindsay. I just had, Lindsay actually came on and did a live with me. It was, um, introducing introducing the program so leaning into dyslexia mm-hmm. so i wanted people to hear his story he was so excited he had told his story before because Lindsay does have this success story in the midst of the struggle mm-hmm. which is an interesting thing to be in it's an yeah. interesting place that he's in because he's succeeding but dyslexia doesn't go away right so there's still this this struggle right mm-hmm. so you get people hung up you have to get people on both tracks Yep. Sometimes yep. that's hard to do because some people will focus on the dyslexia and mm-hmm. overlook the success. And then some people will focus on the success and overlook dyslexia. So the story about Lindsay mm-hmm. always deals with those, those, just those two different pulling of sections. It's just, it's just so many intersects with Lindsay. Cause then you have the issue of navigating the black boy. Then you add on dyslexia. I don't even know which one you're adding on. If you're adding on, he's, he has dyslexia and then the, um, um, being a black boy or being a black boy, it was kind of like synonymous. Like I was yeah. battling yeah. both things at one time. The, the interesting thing about, um, my son's dyslexia, I can't really tell you how severe it would have been if he hadn't been in homeschool. Because mm. the the way I did, the, the, back then, you know, everyone wants to say they're homeschooled. That's the hip thing. But <laughs> back, then, back then, especially in the black community, when I started homeschooling um, in 2005, I I lived in a predominantly black neighborhood and I was, we were called the, that homeschooling family. And it wasn't derogatory. People just hadn't seen it. And, right. and, and, mm-hmm. and it was a working class. It was our starter home. So a lot of people could not stay at home, right? So right. people used to literally stop at our house. Like they wanted to see us operate. The setup, like, yeah. Doing? So it was a multi-sensory curriculum that I had to develop. Because remember the professor yep. background. And we didn't, we didn't have, there were not a lot of things you know, like, right, it is like now. there are now, now. Yeah. Right. You really had to come up with your own curriculum or it was going to be very expensive. That's another thing. You know, I'm staying at home. We're just starting in life. I didn't have the luxury to, to, to buy all these programs or whatever. So I was like, Hey, you know, I'm getting my PhD. I'm doing my teaching fellowship. I could do this. So I developed the curriculum and it was um, multi-sensory. So for example, if we were, if we, if, if I was teaching my children about pyramids in mm-hmm. Egypt, right, mm-hmm. we would take clay. I remember taking clay and he would make the pyramid. So it's the, the feeling. And then we would mm-hmm. watch videos of um, Egypt and the pyramids. And, and then I would read to him or they would act out or they would have puppets and then Mm -hmm. we would go to the museum. So we touched on different layers of learning. And because I would get bored easily, I had ADHD (laughs) and I'm like not going to sit in a room 
dealing with children with pencils and I would be out of my mind yeah. from the house, right. from the house. Like I was on fire. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't deal with that type of learning. So I, I'm like, if I can't deal with it, I know my kids couldn't deal with it. So he right. never really had to be in a box. Yep. And then my children, I understood all children were different and, and, you know, my oldest one, they, they're, I had three and five years, so they're at different ages yep. and they're being exposed to this, right? Yep. So I, t- I homeschooled until my middle one was in second and my oldest one was in fourth grade and then my youngest one was in pre-K. So I put him in, so I started noticing things when he was around five. I thought there was an issue at five mm-hmm. because we used Dr. Seuss books. Oh, okay, yeah. We have a lot of, we have a big library. Reading is very big with us. And so I would say, tell me the rhyming words. You know, mm. the other brother said the rhyming words, and he was right. like, what rhyming words? And I, don't, I, don't, I don't hear them, Mommy. Right. And he, he learned to get people to tell him things that were in writing. You know, what a co- like what a coping you know, mechanism. Yeah. A coping yeah. mechanism, yep. overcompensation. Over, huh? And then so, having older brothers. So then like uh, it, they're just brothers. telling you, uh-huh. Yeah. And so he learned he, he's the most charismatic. Um, and, and that was just all these things he had to learn because he couldn't read and he didn't he didn't want he didn't understand it when he was younger. As he got older, he was embarrassed. Right. So it was just different stages. And when I had him on live, I'm live. So I'm like trying not to cry in no, front you're... of people watching me. Right. But some of the things I had never heard before, I had never heard that he was so lonely. Oh. I thought. I didn't know he was right. lonely, but he, right. he, he said he felt so lonely, but he said one of the things he loved being, you know, with us was that the family never treated him differently. I'm, I, I have extremely high expectations. The expe- expectations did not change for him. Right. And a lot right. of people said, a lot of people said, that's not a good thing to do. He can't, you know, he can't meet it. I got a lot of slack for the school, mm. but what it, what it helped him feel looking back and him saying it was that he wasn't different right that the difference is how we talk difference was everybody has their own way right so difference wasn't you know difference wasn't a bad you can still have that expectation it's just it might look different but the bigger idea behind it that you will succeed you will go to call you know or whatever that that iteration would be yeah he, he wanted to go to college. So Good. when you have a kid with dyslexia that wants to go to college, you can't play around with people. You can't right. listen to parents tell you right. you're too hard, right? You can't listen to that because then what they're saying is that he may not be able to do it. There is no may. He he may have to do different journeys, but there is no may. Ex- so exactly. The fight. Mm-hmm. the fight was Jean-Louis versus the whole public school system. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we went on this torch i mean we had to not in a not in a bad way we had to understand we had to do a different type of relationship with the school we had to do a lot of training right so we had to learn we had to know more than them because they didn't understand right and we had to understand when we got into the meetings that they didn't understand it because like you said if you sit in those meetings and they use acronyms unless you research or, right. you know, kind of right. prepared yourself, yeah. you're going to think, oh my God, they know more than me. And, and that's going to make you as a parent back off. And so, well, it's, it's so overwhelming for it's parents. It's overwhelming. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 overwhelming. We had to fight, and as a matter of fact, we had a lawsuit. We actually had a lawsuit against our county, but the the caveat with that, well, we had to drop it. Um, and it, it was a I can't remember his name, but he's a very well known lawyer, and he heard about it, and he wanted to take it on. He wanted to just, you know, like, this is great because you guys, you know, we, we're having an example of parents that's doing what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. This would be a case to help other people. Mm. So the, the caveat with that was that my son was in fourth grade. He was with a teacher that didn't believe in IEP. So there was, the, yeah, okay. she emailed me and said, you're just, you guys are very educated. My husband is a doctor. I'm a professor. So there's that. We get that kind of middle class, mm. affluent balance, like we're just trying to get over. Everyone else is struggling. Mm. You guys should too. So we got that email, which set off the the um, lawsuit. But we had to pull it back because the law said that he had to stay, like he had to be a person in the school, like he had to be in the school. And I'm going, but this teacher is so damaging to right. him psychologically. Right. Like we can't fight this battle while he's sinking. So right. someone from the school system, has, we have always had these angels that have always kind of talked to us on the back end, got my number and said, look, I, 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 we're, there's a lot of people rooting for this because there needs to be change. Mm. However, your son is dying. That's how she put, she was like, Damn. she, he is, he is, after she talked to me, she was like, he is sinking. Right. And we're talking about his mental health right so we right. we we he had to detox right like, the summer i didn't mention work he didn't mm-hmm. have to read a book he didn't mm-hmm. have to do anything he had to take him to counseling he was psychologically just it was so scary i was at that point more worried about his emotional health than absolutely anything. absolutely and, and for you to recognize that you know, and, and have somebody from, from the school reach out to say that. I mean, a lot of times we, we have to think and we have to pivot uh, our clients as well. Um, you know, the, our, our client is the child. You are the parent. Right. <laughs> um, right. You are making right. decisions. But at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's the child. It's the child. And, and, well, and I think it's so hard because mental health is something that people in the school can't see most of yeah. the time. We get kids who are withdrawn and quiet, and if mm-hmm. they're not making these disruptive behaviors in class, nobody notices it, so everyone thinks, yeah, they're fine. Yeah. But the, the idea that the academics come first without thinking about the academics can't even occur if we don't get past, mm-hmm. if we can't help the child's mental health. I mean, I, I was mm-hmm. in the not too long ago where you know I have a student that is very withdrawn and very done with school and not wanting to participate puts his head down in class you know he's there and you know the focus of all of the district's conversation was well we need to you know we need to get this this kid into a special day class because clearly he can't cut it he's failing his classes and it's like take a second I really think a child who is High functioning who is struggling. If they're not participating in this general education class, what makes you think that a slower pace is going to do it? There's something more going on that we're just ignoring. And rather than thinking about not just about their needs now, but what's the impact that mm-hmm. you're telling the student that mm-hmm. you can't cut it? So we're going right. to put you in this other class. 
how much more is that going to impact it? So it, it's definitely something that I think is not considered Mm-mm. well above. Academics is always like, oh, this is the most mm-hmm. important thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and it's interesting that you say that, Amanda, because that is that is the heart of my program. Mm. The um, Homeschooling Mind Framework is, it, I state on my website, um, emotionally and academic, I, the purpose of both of these classes is to help parents um, create tools to make sure that their, their child emotionally and academically succeeds. So uh, that's another thing that came out of the, the parents did end up getting counseling because I, I told them kids can't go through that academic trauma. So there has to be right. like, there has to be someone to step in and have that conversation. Just, you know, just to check. Cause some may, they be okay. And some may not, you don't know until you get it checked, just go and get that mental health part checked. So I ended up taking him out of the school and homeschooling him again. Mm-hmm. And I used, I used K-12 and I use the public part, but mm. the reason why I say public school, because I know a lot of parents are doing virtual education and they mm-hmm. swear, don't get mad at me, listeners. Don't <laughs> <y'all> swear <laughs> it's homeschooling. No, it, it, it depends on how much right. assistance you're doing. Right. Because when I was using K-12, the reason why we had to use um, K-12 public school is because the IEP only lasts for a year. So you mm. can take your child out, you can homeschool them, you can put them back after a year. I did that with my gifted son, my youngest son, because the school was holding him back. It was right. not as robust. So I had to take him out, did for a year, homeschool him, put him back in so he could still have his gifted, the, the IEP with that. But yeah, so we had to take him out and we used, what, I'm sorry, the first year was private IEP. Mm-hmm. Then we went the second year to private pre-K or not private pre-K. I'm sorry. K-12. Let me think about this guys. I'm, really <laughs> I'm sorry if I'm confused. No, no, oh, no. no. I mean, I think it's good no. for our, our listeners to hear that there are uh, options and varieties. So I yeah. think a lot of people think homeschool mm-hmm. is I'm doing everything on mm-hmm. my own. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely a spectrum of yeah. Homeschooling, is a public school that you can use 
at home. It goes at your own pace. Mm -hmm. You can still have the IEP. So if your child mm -hmm. is struggling mentally, that is a program I had. They have a ton of programs for children because I'm, my child has dyslexia, so I'm only talking about him, had dyslexia. So he was actually in the regular classes, and then he went off online with other students. And after using that for two years and also adding on supplementation, like you said, Amanda, supplementation is also that very part of homeschooling. So I just wanted to clarify that because I didn't want to leave that big part chunk of that, you know, got Lindsay to where he is. Um, so they can find me at DrAngelaLifeCoach.com. Um, I am also starting a Facebook group called Thrive Tribe. So I would suggest yeah, everyone, if you're listening, um, go and get into Live Thrive because I will, will share for um, my members in there the actual, um, um, I have two. He was uh, Lindsay was on one podcast talking about his high school. So he really gives nuggets from the person going through it and also he just did another one and he could talk about because he's getting ready to go to medical school so he could talk about what he actually went through so you can hear it from him even though it was very emotional to me he agreed to put that personal information out there to help other people so that anything that can help a parent that felt like I did and he talks about that, how I ended up with migraines and in the emergency room. It's a very, very difficult time. So I'm glad that you guys had me out. Yeah, no, I this is this is I why we you. love having people like yourself who, who not only, you know, have made it your life's work, but also went through it. Because I think for parents to to see the light at the end of the tunnel, you know, it, it it's you know, and however you can get that way. Um, and it's gonna be different, but at least you can hear way that you were able to change perspectives that you were able to bring forward the advocacy components and just raising your three boys that sound like they're 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 doing more than all right <laughs> they're, they're they doing are. more than yeah. all right and i want to tell all parents that you will make it out yes it's so difficult yes. you're gonna have nights that you're crying but that is normal mm -hmm. i will also say that sometimes the fight may not be the same as you thought it was going to be that every meeting you have to look at the child. If you see that there's a lot of tension and you look over at your child and they're just not paying attention or maybe mm -hmm. not be connected, there's mm -hmm. some questions that need to be had. Yeah. Don't be afraid to look at the mental health because the emotional part, the academic can't happen it, unless the emotional is okay. All related. And it's all related. All related. related. Mm -hmm. So make mm -hmm. sure your baby has that counseling component um, whether you think they need it or not just try you may need, learn something new like I did absolutely I well thank that. you so much again for coming on and for our listeners we hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and we will see you next week bye thank you goodbye three two one so good I hope we hit everything you wanted to I told oh, you I we'll just go no 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 we'll just go no, 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 we're, we're saying we always have to be mindful of our